Hello, everybody. God bless you. This is your friend, John Arcovio. And yes, it's Tuesday again. And it is Spirit-Led Family Broadcast Time. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm coming on a little bit early. My uh, wonderful wife has an appointment today that I have to make. But I do want to welcome you. And um, if you could let me know where you're from. Uh, just type into the chat box there where you're listening from. And I'm coming on a little bit early just to give people also a chance to uh, log in. And I do want to just mention a few things um, about today's discussion. If you would like to get more in-depth teaching on the signs and seals of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. Um, I'm going to put in the chat box a link for you to be able to follow. It's um, our teachable link where all of our teaching and training and seminars are at. And there you'll be able to get more in-depth teaching, uh, especially the uh, link <clears throat> to understanding the APEST, which dives into and completely uh, discovers the uh, ministries of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher, and what their functions are, what their signs and seals are, <coughs> how can you tell the difference, and things of this nature. So I definitely wanted to, to just dive in and uh, share that with you. And again, if you're on, let us know where you're watching from, and uh, we welcome you to the broadcast and uh, hope and pray that today's uh, lesson, today's uh, topic will be a blessing to you. So yes, today we're going to go ahead and dive right in, and we're going to talk about apostles and shepherds. Apostles and shepherds, are they the same? And it depends on what group so to speak, you're coming from, what background, what um, area you're coming from as to how you're going to answer this. Because there are, even within the evangelical ranks of denominations, there are groups that teach that there are no apostles and prophets. Uh, they were done away with um, at the foundation of the church. Of course, we do have to understand the difference between the original 12 apostles, which were the apostles of the, of the Lamb, and uh, apostles today. They're, they're, they're night and day different. Um, they're still an apostle, but they're just different in their function. And um, welcome, Morris Azim from Pakistan. Glad you're watching us today. But um, to understand the true fivefold, and I'm not going to go real deep today in my uh, teaching, but I am going to um, share a slide here that I think is going to help you to understand uh, what it is that I'm, I'm trying to portray here. And that is um, the understanding of the apostle the prophet, the evangelist, and the shepherd, and the teacher. And of course, this slide that I'm sharing with you is not in any way a uh, complete 
die, deep dive. But apostles are sent ones, the sense of sentness. They plant the gospel. They plant the Jesus story, guarding the DNA, ideas that protect the culture and the seeding translocal networks. Apostles are generals in warfare. Apostles certainly are fathers in the kingdom and mothers in the kingdom. Apostles can be a man or a woman, depending on God's choice. There were many apostles in the New Testament, uh, Andronica, Junia, Priscilla, to name a few. Um, Modern-day apostles are more uh, about uh, uh, conquering territories, uh, launching and, and, and uh, uh, founding ministries, but probably the most important function of an apostle is being a spiritual mother or a father that god is raising spiritual mothers and fathers to raise up sons and daughters who will become mothers and fathers then of course you have your prophet that's the one that points the way the seeing hearing feeling responsiveness to god speaking for god guarding this relationship with the people of god covenantal guardians uh, uh having a sense of justice making sure people are treated fairly that, that things are done with justice in the kingdom Evangelists, the recruiters to the cause, they uh, have a way of, of, of being able to uh, inspire and challenge and move the body of Christ into keeping a world vision for souls and for uh, those that need Jesus. Um, shepherds, um, they uh, make staff and protect. So uh, the staff is the... Uh, the, 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 the stick that has the crook on it that helps to guide and pull the sheep into different areas and to lead into God and to nurture and oversee, whereas the rod was to protect the sheep from the wolves and the people coming in. And the teachers are those that connect dots others can't see. They have an anointing to transfer ideas, knowledge, and wisdom. Now, today, we're going to focus mainly on the apostle and the shepherd. Because the question is, can an apostle be a shepherd or can a shepherd be an apostle? Uh, welcome, Oscar from Mexico. Welcome, Rhonda Bailey. God bless you from London. Thank you for joining. So the answer to this is, in short, yes. An apostle can be a shepherd or a shepherd can be an apostle. The reason that is, our spirit man follows very closely to our physical man in its function. And our physical man uh, we are a uh, we're comprised of a primary personality traits and secondary from our parents through DNA. Uh, the old school teaching was the uh, the choleric, the type A personality. The opposite of that was the phlegmatic, the laid back, easygoing, very diplomatic, kind, sweet, nice, quiet uh, person. The exact opposite of the driving A personality choleric. Then you had the sanguine that was the uh, happy-go-lucky people person, you know, and then opposite of that was the melancholy, and that was the plotter, the thinker, the moody person, more introvert. And of course, both the, uh, the uh, melancholy and the phlegmatic are introverts, and the, the um, choleric and the sanguine are extroverts. Now, I've heard people say, oh, that's nonsense. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, none of that counts. Well, I disagree with you. Because we will always be tripartite in our makeup, body, soul, and spirit. And yes, while the majority of our, our makeup is soul and spirit, but we'll always deal with this flesh and body. 
and we'll always respond in life according to our personality. Yes, we should be spirit-led, which means we don't say, well, I'm angry because I'm a choleric, or I'm this because. We can't make excuses. We allow the Holy Spirit to, to transform us, but we're still basically who we are. God just provides for the weaknesses of those temperaments so we can operate in the strengths of that temperament without having the baggage, <laughs> the stuff that's unpleasant. Because every temperament has beauty in it, has power in it. So you have a primary and you have a secondary. Some are very evenly matched, almost 50-50. Some are 80-20. Um, it follows the same. You have a primary function in your calling, and then you have a secondary. And so uh, let me talk about a primary uh, shepherd. And I use the term shepherd because I don't like the term pastor because the American church especially, but the modern church has turned a pastor into basically a CEO of a business. It's the one that controls all the money and all the power and thus has all the control. And most denominations and most church growth networks are pyramids that are pastor-driven. The pastor's at the pinnacle. The pastor's in power. Everybody is under pastor. And um, I, I, I disagree with that because it's not a pyramid. It's a round table. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher all work side by side, drawing people to Jesus. Jesus is the center. And no one is really ruling over the other. We all submit one to another. Now, there are functions that in, in, in where the Bible talks about God put in the church first apostles, secondary prophets. That's not hierarchy. That function is relational. When God wants to move and do a new work, he always calls and moves on apostle who has the anointing as a father to be able to draw the sons and daughters, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers as a team to launch them forward to do the work. And of course, the next step of every uh, apostolic work is the prophets and the evangelists go forth to tear down strongholds and to begin to preach the gospel and to release the seeds of God's word for people to come into the kingdom. Now, how that looks in this day and time is different. It could be sitting in a coffee shop. I, I've known prophets that went into a coffee shop for weeks because God told them to just go in there and pray in tongues and pray over the area. What were they doing? They were preparing the way for an outpouring. And after four or five weeks of them praying and praying in tongues, and then God would send someone who had more of an evangelistic gift, or maybe that prophet had a secondary gift of an evangelist, and a harvest would be drawn. But once the harvest is drawn, that's where you need the shepherds and the teachers to ground to guard and to protect and to prepare the body of Christ to be that bride that has, you know, uh, garments without spot or blemish. So let's look at someone. What does it look like within the ecclesia? Somebody who is a primary shepherd, but a secondary apostle. If someone who's a primary shepherd and a secondary apostle, they're probably going to operate more as what I call a a, a vertical apostle and their apostleship is probably going to be more seen in fathering because you have two types of apostles. You have generals and you have fathers and uh, someone who has a strong, let's say a 70% anointing for shepherding uh, their, their main focus is going to be that body. 
They're not going to leave much. They're going to be right there every week, consistent teaching. They're going to they're going to grow up something powerful. After being there 30 years, 40 years, there's going to be a lot of real estate, a lot of, of buildings, maybe a campus with a school established and, and a lot of stuff where everyone on the road will come and will 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 become empowered at that location. A good example of, of, of a primary shepherd, secondary apostle would be Bill Johnson in Reading. His heartbeat for the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry and what he's done has established in a relatively small city that's under 100,000 people, a place that impacts more than 10,000. A lot of, um, a lot of, um, uh, hang on, I, I start fiddling with my feet on stuff and I unplugged my computer. I don't want that happening. Hang on a second. I need to sit still and quit squirming. <laughs> my ADD. Anyway, that's a good example of Bill Johnson of a primary shepherd and a secondary. Whereas someone who's a primary apostle, then they're going to be a, a, a secondary shepherd. Um, they may end up being more of a horizontal apostle. They may travel a lot and be out a lot. And they establish a team to kind of keep things going back home, but their works are spread across the world. And they raise up many apostolic centers, many sons and daughters, many works. And for you to really be impacted by, by that apostle, for the most part, you would have to go to where he uh, is at. I, I knew I knew a, an, an apostle shepherd that way that led a church in Houston, that for many, many years, every Sunday afternoon after he ministered two services, sometimes three services in a row, he'd climb on a plane and fly to Europe. And go to Africa, and he, he'd be in Europe and Africa Monday through Saturday. Fly home Saturday evening, and then get with his staff and his his, his assistants, everyone else, find out what's going on, and then you know ministers. Now, you know, the church was successful; it grew, it grew to you know over two thousand people. But I know that a lot of people, their complaints were that, well, you know, we never see the apostle, and what ends up happening in this mixture of a primary apostle, secondary shepherd, is a lot of times people end up developing a much closer relationship with shepherds that the apostle has as a son or a daughter who as he raises up and mentors. And, and but, you know, that's kind of the negative of that is it ends up being that, that people will complain, especially if, if the work is smaller. If the work is only 100 people, then, you know, you hear a lot. Our pastor's never here. Our shepherd's never here. He's always around the world. And I've even heard criticism. Well, they care more about Ethiopians and Filipinos and people in, in Africa than they do, you know, us. And But, you know, um, there's room in the kingdom for these mixtures. Now, for instance, I'm a mixture of an apostle and a prophet. And uh, probably for the past uh, five years, God has more so been establishing uh, the apostle side of my calling. But for about 30 years, I traveled around the world, did crusades, did conferences, planted works, and I was recognized more as a prophet, someone who brought the prophetic word, heard from God, brought breakthrough. Mainly that's because I was in a denomination that was not open to the concept of apostle. Now, I've, I've been away from this denomination for 10 years, and I've heard through some people they're becoming more open. And 
And, and that's good. I'm glad for them. But that's one reason why I decided to leave is because I knew I was getting into my best years of my ministry. And I don't want to spend the best years of my ministry warring over concepts and battling with district boards over whether there are apostles or not. And I just didn't want to, I wanted to be kingdom and just go on and build God's kingdom. However, you know, um, who I am and how I operate has completely shifted over the past, especially seven years. To where now I spend more time pouring into and raising up emerging apostles and prophets, sons and daughters, and developing an army of God to conquer the nation. I know when I came here to Orange County, people asked me, are you going to start a church? Are you going to? And my answer to them was, my anointing, I'm not a shepherd. My anointing is not to start a church and shepherd it. My anointing is to raise up shepherds. I may end up being part of planting and, 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 and starting an ecclesia work. But in Spirit-Led Family, the network that we, we uh, serve, um, it's really different. It's really um, more about uh, house fires impacting people in many settings, in, in your apartment, in your house, in your trailer, in an office, in a Starbucks, at a park, wherever. Location doesn't matter. But it's gathering together two or three people, sharing God's word and letting the ministry of Jesus go forth. And then what we recognize as the more established works that are birthing and releasing people into their destinies is we call an apostolic center. Now, an apostolic center can have all of the uh, markings of what you would call a church. You know, they would have a weekly Sunday service. You would come in. They'd have worship time of ministry. They may have kids meeting in another part of the building, being taught, youth in another area. So a lot of the functions that you would see within a modern-day church can happen in Epsilon Center, but the heart of it, the, the foundation of it, the focus of it is different. It's all about aligning people with their destinies, activating them, I mean, aligning, awakening people into their calling, aligning them with their assignment, and then activating them into their destinies. So it's all about training and equipping people to release them to do God's work, uh, whether it's in that city or whether it's around the world. And it's all based on the kingdom of God. That's really what we are really focused on. And a good definition of the kingdom is the kingdom of God is the rule of God presented by Jesus when he announced it and deposited it into the hearts and lives of those who put faith in him. After the day of Pentecost, in the book of Acts, it was expanded through the church and now being extended into society, influencing every sphere of culture in the nations of the earth for Christ. And that's what Jesus said in Mark 1 and 14 to 15. He said, he, Jesus came into Galilee announcing the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and that word there is metaneo, which means to turn your thinking around and believe, trust in the gospel. So the kingdom of God really is uh, the rule of God, the authority of God. And it begins in our life, in our hearts. And uh, so everything about uh, house fires and epistolic centers is centered around the kingdom. And the kingdom is not about amassing and, 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 and building a great person. And that's what denominations are great about. Building one great leader. 
and everyone following that one great leader. And it's, it's great for, uh, hey, Brandon, God bless you. Thanks for jumping on. Love you. Brandon's a wonderful kingdom-minded uh, minister from the Northeast. And, um, very swiftly uh, counting him as his family. But thanks, Brandon, for coming on. But it's, it's, it's you know, the, the denominations are all about making one person powerful, one person great. Kingdom is about raising up an army and making the people of God anointed and powerful to go and to conquer the spheres of society and to do great works. So back to focus of what we've been talking about, and that is apostles and shepherds. So yes, a shepherd can be an apostle, but if, he's, if, if that shepherd happens to be a primary shepherd, you're going to see that apostleship uh, operated more in a vertical the person will stay in one place pretty much every Sunday. They're going to be in the pulpit. They're going to be the main teacher there. And there's going to be a lot of real estate, a lot of ministries developed. But for you to be impacted with that person, you got to go to that location. Whereas someone who has a primary gifting as an apostle, but secondary, they're a shepherd. You may see them be more of what's called a horizontal apostle. And that is they travel around the world a lot. They're gone a lot. So it's important they have a great team at the home base to keep home fire is burning, but you're, you know, that's kind of how I've operated for the past 40 years as a horizontal apostle. So no, I don't have a location that has $15 million worth of buildings and, and all this amassed, but I can point around the world works that were not only developed in nations, but in the hearts of people, but it's spread out around the world. And it's hard to see the fruit of someone who has a primary gift as an apostle, but then a secondary gift of one of the other functions. But it, again, I want to just go back to the, the, the function. The function is what matters. It's not the title. It's not the position. It's the operation. And I know there's been a lot of talk about marketplace apostles, and I even have friends that uh, are very close to me that lead networks that I don't 100% agree with how they, they, they talk about marketplace apostles. Uh, do I believe in marketplace apostles? Absolutely. But you know, in the Bible, there were businessmen and there were people that uh, had lands and they had been very successful. And the Bible does not refer to them as being apostles that brought money from selling lands and laid it at the feet of the leaders. It says they came and brought these gifts to the apostles' feet. And, and, and so I think we got to be careful with that. And here's where I think it's got to be careful. You can't just slap the title of apostle on someone because they're successful in business. They make a lot of money and they're a leader. Because then you get into the backwaters, it can be muddy. I, I visited a church back in January that they had a, a lady there that was supposed to be some really powerful speaker, leader. I'm not saying that disrespectful, but she didn't impress me, just not spirit-led at all. But they were teaching on... God raising up apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers in the body of Christ. And I do believe that. There's such thing as a, an apostle to a local congregation, then apostles to a city, or apostles to a region, to a nation, to nations, and on and on. And the same goes for prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And yes, God does raise uh, this fivefold functions <clears throat> within the body of Christ. But you got to be careful about dumbing it down because this lady was teaching that, okay, if you like to lead, you like to be on committees, 
you like to 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 be a coach, you like to you like to be up front, then God's that's that's because God's called you to be an apostle. So when you, when you decide to be on a committee and a leader, you're an apostle. And it's it's stripping away all the biblical signs and seals of an apostle and just focusing on an administrative and leadership uh, abilities, which really come mostly by temperament. And most of your administrators and leaders are strong cholerics. Uh, they're extroverts, they're strong, they're leaders, they're drivers. Uh, and, and, and it works well in the business world, these concepts, but doesn't translate well into the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is backwards. The kingdom of God is about serving, about laying your life down, about you know having lack, but recognizing that that's what God uses is our lack. And so um, just... You know, and, and she also taught, like, if, if you like selling tires or you like selling dresses and, and clothes, well, then guess what? That means you're an evangelist because you, you're a salesman. And, 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 just, and just dumbed every part of the fivefold down to just functions of personality, functions of, of ability. Now, I know I'm going to really start a fire and get people upset, and I'm not here to cause controversy, but all I'm saying is... Are there marketplace apostles? Yes. Are there people that are called as a marketplace prophet? Yes. But the end result is always kingdom and eternity. And if you call yourself a marketplace apostle, all you're doing is teaching people, uh, you know, the five laws of how to make money or, or how to be, you know, successful and have a great attitude and 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 just inspirational concepts and and motivational tactics and. And how to be a much more powerful businessman or more, you know, whatever. Is that needed? Yeah. But I'm really cautious about slapping a title of apostle on somebody, you know, because they're successful in business only. Everything we do when the day comes to an end, we got to keep in mind that people's souls being affected for eternity is what matters. I remember Billy Graham saying one time, who was a very anointed evangelist and saw many people come into the kingdom of God through his life and his ministry. But he said, you know, he said, if I can, in my conversation, get a man or a woman to stop and think for five minutes about his soul and eternity, then I can turn him to Jesus. And really, that's what it's all about. That's what the fivefold the apes, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and teachers is about. It's about working together as a team to preach the kingdom and to see people come to Jesus and their lives transformed by his presence and power and the blood that he shed. And I, I'm just concerned that the end result of just throwing labels of apostle on people that are successful in business or profit on people that, that um, you know, um, just, just natural things in, in, in the natural realm that the end result is not going to become trans, be transformational. And we have too much church in this hour that's just performance-based. They're all focused on excellence. They're not focused on obedience. And we need to have excellence. But obedience is what God blesses. And you could focus to be the best hour of any place in town. You got the best coffee at the front door. You got the most 
excited, smiling, beautiful hostesses and greeters that make you feel like a million dollars when you walk in. And you got the best children's ministry with a bounce house and a castle and cool stuff. And, and you got the best band, the best, biggest, you know, uh, video screens and, the, and just and, 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 and the, the pastor is just really cool. I mean, he gets up in his cargo shirts, shorts and his Hawaiian shirt and his flip flops. And he's just cool. He does a, you know, a 15 minute three point teaching that's very laid back and and then come to the end. OK, everybody, the rest of your week, be the best of your week. And then boom, like a movie ending, everyone gets up and walks out while the next crowd comes in. And it becomes all about nickels and noses. And the whole focus is just excellence. But you can learn in that setting how to have great church without God, without any transformation taking place. Folks, I don't want to be an apostle to nations and lives are not being transformed. People are not being delivered out of drugs and alcohol, out of sin, and stepping into their purpose and their destinies. What good is a prophet if he doesn't know what thus saith the Lord? What God is saying? Because then it comes all about prophesying. God wants to give you a new house, a new business, more money. Who doesn't want that? True prophets, most of the time, you hang around long enough, they're going to start saying stuff that's going to make you uncomfortable. Because they're going to try to get to the gold in your life and get past all the dirt that is there. So anyway, I um, got to wrap up. I'm on a time. Uh, I got to leave the house here at 1130. And we're at 1122. So I need to wrap this up. So I hope this talk today has been a blessing to you and um, has helped you in talking about uh Apostles, as far as, as can a shepherd be an apostle? Uh, can an apostle be a shepherd? And again, the answer is yes to both, but how they function is totally different. And again, just kind of looking at the whole process, most primary shepherds, they have a secondary gift in the apostle, are fathers and they're horizontal apostles, excuse me, vertical apostles. And they stay in one place for many years and build a great work, a lot of buildings, a lot of people come. Person who's a primary apostle, secondary shepherd, they have a home base, but they spend a lot of time all around the world, going to places and planting and sowing. And, and sometimes they can be a lot more kingdom because, you know, I told someone recently, I said, if I went back 40 years to every church that was established, every uh, orphanage that was built, every uh, seminary Bible college that was established, every person that I imparted the kingdom of God into their heart. And I grabbed all of this work and put it here in California. I'd need probably 100 acres for all of the property and the buildings and the people. And of course, if you came to that, you'd be like, oh, wow, man, God used John Arcovio doing it. But that's not what it's all about, guys. It's about obeying God. In the kingdom, we lay our lives down even if it means face down in the mud so people can walk on our backs to enter into their destiny. And I did all of that around the world completely for the, for, for the kingdom and my reward is, is in heaven. Yes, there's many ministries and many people that 
I haven't heard from in 10 years. And that's fine because I didn't do that to establish myself as someone great and powerful. I did all of that to see the kingdom of God established in the hearts and lives of people around the world. But um, I believe that when we have a better understanding of this, we can move forward in a greater measure in the kingdom. All right, I'm going to wrap up. I keep uh, promising you I'm going to wrap up, but uh, God bless you. We love you so much. I do want to say again, if you would like to know more about this teaching, um, please go to our uh, Teachable site. I have a lot more teaching, hours and hours and hours of teaching on the signs and seals of an apostle, the signs and seals of a prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. <laughs> and I spend the most of the time on the function of those uh, uh, operations and giftings that are more common to what we're used to. And um, I don't spend a lot of time on marketplace apostles, marketplace pastors, marketplace evangelists, though I do believe they exist and they, they have a function. But um, I'm about the kingdom, and I believe the, the kingdom is governed by family, and its purpose is for the hearts and lives of people to be transformed to Jesus, that he may dwell in them and that we may be a dwelling place for his presence. God bless you. Thank you all for joining. We love you. Have a great day. Thank you all who are on, Rhonda Bailey, uh, Oscar, uh, Brandon. God bless you. Jennifer, God bless you. Um, Asim, God bless you. Navid, God bless you. God bless you all. We love you, and, and we'll see you again next uh, Tuesday. I do want to remind you, we have Michael Brodeur, who is the uh, he's part of Catch the Fire. He's been leading Leaders Alliance for uh, uh, for a long time. But Michael Brodeur, we're going to be interviewing him on Tuesday, August the 1st. That's coming up fast in about three weeks, and you won't want to miss that. But we look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. And may God richly bless you and have an awesome day. This is John Arcovio, Spirit Led Broadcast. Mm -hmm.